So the photo being used as the cover photo for this episode was actually taken nine years ago. And it took place at uh, the Scout Bar. And uh, it was actually during the filming of some of the content we were going to use for in a, one of the episodes of Reality Wrestling. And, you know, these were the early days, the early you know, ideas of what the show would potentially be. And Booker wanted to utilize reality show-based elements. And so a bar fight, we were recording a bar fight where Rob Barnes was going to get in a fight with one of the patrons and it would break out into um, all sorts of mayhem because wrestlers at a bar could never, you know, really go without fighting, apparently. Um, But we wanted to, you know, Booker wanted to use some of those elements um, and I was relatively, had just come back. Uh, this would be my second stint with working for Booker. First one being PWA a few years earlier. This was the second stint. And, um, you know, coming into it, I was trying to find my way, so to speak. I had been invited back into the fold and was excited to be part of the product and the project. And so um, I remember us doing kind of a, he wanted more realism. He didn't want necessarily promos from people. He wanted realism. And so I tried to give him as real of a promo as possible. He seemed to like it. I don't think it ever aired. Um, And maybe that is even that early on is kind of the embodiment of my time within reality wrestling, you know, potentially putting out good content, never seemed to make it or helping others produce good content, but, you know, not seemingly receiving credit. Now, before I continue, I don't want to completely you know be all negative with this i I do want to try to look at it from how i would look at it today while also providing some context with how i was feeling back then uh, because i think it's kind of important what my mindset was because it really um, played into my time there my experience and overall how i was feeling about it so if we look at right then when the photo was taken, um, I was pretty ecstatic about being part of the product, being part of the project. It was really new. And, um, you know, it was kind of, uh, a lot of things had to align in order for me to even be there. Uh, as I mentioned, this was my second stint with uh, working with Booker. And I had left probably in early 2009, I think I left finally and, um, you know, kind of adventured out on my own and then was working with IWE and then, um, Justin Smith and I, Justin of Dojo Productions and I had actually started working on a project called Behind the Curtain and we were doing this web series and that's a story for another time. Um, but long story short, Uh, The main concept or mission statement of the show was to try to find a product or project that we could work on together because we really wanted to work together again um, and finding a promotion that we could potentially both work on and uh, utilize our talents to help that show. Uh, So leading into, I guess, what would be season one proper. The one of the episodes was we went to NWA Houston and we did some uh, kind of to feel how that would work working with them. I had been wrestling for a bit. I was on, you know, had been wrestling for different companies and become a champion for those companies in 2013. And so I was looking to broaden out and the show had kind of changed a little bit as far as behind the curtain, it changed a little bit because initially I wasn't performing. And then I was able to get the green light to perform again. And so now I'm performing, I'm winning titles at places. And um, the 
you know, kind of our mission statement continues and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go next. So we're at NWA Houston. We do some work with them. Uh, seemingly felt like we would probably have to do more work for them before we become officially with them. And so we just kind of went about our business and I've spoken to Kevin about potentially doing a behind the curtain episode on uh, Booker T's reality wrestling that recently rebranded. And I thought, Oh, it'd be kind of interesting to have this conversation uh, my time away from performing made me reevaluate things, and I thought, man, if I could ever work for Booker again, I would think it would be different. My mentality would be different. Uh, you know, I was always grateful for uh, being given the opportunity early on to work with him initially. So, and it sounded all very positive about what they were doing. They were going to start putting out content on YouTube, and there were going to be storylines and they were they were going to be doing some things and uh, again rebranding it felt like oh you're kind of getting a second chance potentially and i had found from kevin and a few others that my name had been brought up as potentially <clears throat> coming back to work for book and it seemed like he was interested in bringing me back and so justin and i went to what was then the training facility for Booker and got to actually interview him for behind the curtain. And at that point, uh, during those conversations after the interview, he said, well, you know, would you want to perform on the show? And I'm like, man, that would be awesome. And so he, uh, offered me an opportunity and also said, Justin, come, come down and film and this, that, the other, we can talk a little bit more. And it was pretty exciting. I mean, I was, Again, champion elsewhere, but this was one of those bucket list items, getting to work for Reality Wrestling. It's a brand new company with Booker and it's seemingly him wanting to do all these things. And me and Justin probably looked at it as, well, it'll make for a great episode, but who knows what could come of it. We'd always said uh, if we could work together again, that would be awesome. And it seemed very plausible at this point. We do the... Um, Behind the curtain episode, I work Rockstar Robbie. I, what really is clear about that day was running into Booker in the parking lot of, of the venue and being pretty nervous about what the reception would be like. Um, but he was so warm and so welcoming and was just happy to have me there and happy to have me back and was looking forward to working together and you know he really put me in a positive mindset and um had me facing rockstar robbie who would eventually become their their uh first heavyweight champion and rockstar and i had been feuding at hurricane pro which is one of the places i was champion of and um so it was a win-win had a pretty solid match with rockstar putting him over didn't have any problem with that didn't even kind of you know, just do, I wanted to do business. I wanted to work with Buck. I wanted him to think I was, uh, and feel that I would, uh, would be a valuable team member and, uh, wanted to follow protocol and all of that. So, um, you know, my mindset was just do the best job humanly possible. I can't really control much other than the performance and my attitude towards it. And I just wanted to be a good teammate to everybody. You know, I believed in the product even in the early inception, because it was like, man, we're going to be on YouTube. That's going to be awesome. And filming content, that'd be great. And, um, man, if I could just, if I could just do really well here, it could really bode well for me, you know, because again, content being put out, being utilizing YouTube, uh, um, the other companies I was working for wasn't really, weren't really doing that. Um, you know, and he had taken a liking to Justin. So the idea of getting to work with Justin again, and, but at this point I'd be talent. Um, it was all positive. Um, you know, I, I feel like early on he gave me my, you know, some opportunities to, like, like I mentioned at the, at the scout bar, I believe, uh, where we filmed some, some reality show segments, um, he did give me an opportunity and I felt like I had knocked out the park, but still we weren't real sure what, you know, I wasn't really sure what he was going to do with me long-term. And the truth is I was just happy to 
be able to work for him. And, you know, I was having success elsewhere, so I wasn't really too concerned about how I was viewed. Again, this was a bigger platform, it felt like, and uh, I knew Justin and Kevin, who was now going to be the lead producer or lead, you know, the director, so to speak, held me in um, high regard. So, you know, again, the opportunity to get to work with each other seemed pretty paramount. And, you know, within that locker room, at least early on, there were there were guys like, you know, Ryan Davidson and and um, Gustavo Mendoza and, and Cristiano and um, just a slew of talent that I wanted to work with, had worked with, and, you know, guys like Rockstar Robbie and Kid Ransom, who I would work and I would find, well, you know, I need to find ways of losing but then be somewhat memorable or could, you know, a book would get behind them and it would also show that, hey, I'm not worried about the wins or losses. I'm, you know, I'm not in my head about that. I'd much rather just put on a quality show. Um, and so I, I pitched this idea because, because they were doing kind of reality show elements, they had like, character profiles, so to speak, or superstar profiles. And one of them was with Ted Ransom, uh, who they were building up. And um, they had a segment with him and his mother, you know, because he's a country boy and he's a mama's boy. And um, and I thought, man, you know, years ago I'd done this thing where in my hometown I had uh, wrestled this guy for a title and uh, my mom was there and we thought a great uh, spot would have him interact with my mom and my mom slap him. You know, we were doing like a Texas death match. So, you know, it's not like she's going to get me DQ'd or anything like that. And it got a great pop. And uh, so I was like, well, why don't we do something like that? You know, I they play your profile before the match. So, well, you know, I could easily be like, I saw it. And, you know, why are they giving him all the glory when they should be giving me all the glory? Because again, you know, internally I have all these ideas of like, you know, I could be this this veteran who wants to teach these young kids so on and so forth and uh, just wanting to to make an impact and so uh book loved the idea um and loved that i came up with it and you know that bode well for me and uh again i just wanted to to have positive interactions and and be a, a team player and so um you know we, we had this thing where i'm taking the advantage and then i kind of his, his mom's sitting front row, and I kind of get in her face, and we're like, what are you going to do about it? And she slaps me, and boom, turn around, and I you know, kind of get thrown in the hard way and then hit, get taken out. Another thing was I kind of helped build Kid Ransom's idea of like being this country-strong uh, character with country-strong offense, and that he was strong, you know, and that he had this immense strength, and I knew I could put it over pretty well, and so Buck was happy across the board. I think the only thing was he had wished... Uh, Rance's mom and slapped me harder but it was definitely a highlight and um, man uh, rest in peace uh, Mrs. Ransom Um, yeah but you know I I, as as time went on I wasn't winning matches mind you I'm winning matches elsewhere and I'm continuing my momentum but within reality wrestling I'm not really winning matches and it kind of wore on me a little bit uh, because again I'm like am I going to fall into this trap of you know and trying to keep out of my mind uh, trying not to put any kind of negative spin on it another thing that happened probably within a couple of shows was that Book was aware of Behind the Curve but I don't think he'd really ever seen the product and then you know from from the uh, initial videos to like a season one proper we had made some changes and had kind of a Botch of the week, and we had a new host, and there were, you know, our language was pretty colorful. And um, I remember after one show, maybe the second show, Booker having an issue and pulling me aside, and you know, didn't want Justin to be on the show, and like, you know, like fired him for all intents and purposes, and um, because of the content, because of behind the curtain. So we had this choice to make. Justin and I had this conversation with him. Uh, book didn't want anybody that was associated with reality wrestling to be associated with it. So it was like, we weren't making any money from behind the curtain, but it was a passion project for both of us. And, 
but we saw the upside of working for book. We're both getting paid. We're both, you know, I'm on air, he's on air, you know, he's working behind the scenes and reality, the wrestling has the potential of being something. And so, you know, it was kind of follow the rules or don't work there. And I wanted to work for book and so did Justin. So we decided to end the project uh, prematurely. I mean, it didn't help that I think we had gotten a potential TV deal, and when it came time to look over the contracts, and Justin found that it wasn't going to be beneficial to us in any manner. So, um, yeah, it was one of those chapters we had to close. Um, so, as far as on air, I was losing. Now, I will I will say this before I continue. You won't really find any of this. Um, footage anywhere. It's not on Reality Wrestling's YouTube channel anymore. Any of those initial videos, they just, until I think shortly before we, no, no, not shortly before we became national, but I think when we started on the cube, I want to say, um, those videos. But, uh, so, yeah, so a lot of the Steve DeMarco era, I guess, if you want to call it that, wasn't there. But truth was, I wasn't winning a lot of matches or any matches. And they kind of put me in this series of matches with Team International. It's like, and basically their MO was um, I would get the upper hand potentially on someone, and then one of the other team members would come out and lay me out. And, you know, so they would throw out the match, be like kind of a no contest at that point. But Gustavo Mendoza, Aiden Cristiano, Reyna, uh, Sergey Volkov, who would later become uh, Rex Andrews, or who was Rex Andrews, and then uh, Rubio, who was managerial. And so they had been running roughshod over the company, and Booker decided to put them in a six-man, and if they could win it, and they were feuding with these luchadors, and me to a degree... But when it came time to name their opponents, I wasn't one of the opponent, one of the ones. Uh, they ended up debuting Mysterious Q, and so um, it was a six man. And if Team International lost, they'd have to disband or be gone forever. And I wasn't going to be on the opposing side. And then Book said, "I, you know, Team International needs a masked person," and suggested that I do it. Um, so side note, uh, I never talked about this character that I portrayed, never mentioned him by name. Um, and probably for the purposes of this, I'll probably say that, that other guy or the masked man, um, cause I still want to, uh, I would perform under that mask for a number of years. Um, and always felt like I would carry that to my grave, but um, we're talking about points in my life, so to give a true idea of where I was, um, I felt feel it's important to, to address it. Um, so they needed a person under a mask, and I became that person. And of course, you work out ideas like, well, uh, I knew what the original, there wasn't really an original pitch, they just needed a guy in a mask. And, um, I think initially Booker was, was going to eventually unmask me once we, once Team International gained all the control and we would find that I had basically turned on the company. Yet again, I seemingly turn on these companies that I'm a part of, um, and, you know, so once we win all the gold, then there you go. Um, and that didn't happen. Like, I think that was the plan. And I've been told, oh, this is what we're going to do. You know, Gustavo will win the heavyweight and then we'll do a kind of like a celebration of sorts and we'll unmask and you'll no longer be the mask man. And, oh man, Steve DeMarco has joined Team International. What's going to happen now? Um, but I think Book liked <clears throat> me in a mask. And so that changed the day of the show. The day of the show, where I think we went all the gold, it 
it, uh, he goes, yeah, we're not going to mask you. I think we're going to keep you masked for a while. Uh, we can always come back to it. And I just was like, okay, I have a problem with it. I thought it would help, you know, me as a performer because I'd be under a mask. So I'd have to ch change how my performance was to not give it away. I wanted, uh, <clears throat> I love the idea of mystery within it. Um, and he didn't give me a lot of direction what he was looking for for the character. So I had kind of free reign to do with it what I chose. And I thought, oh, well, he's a mercenary. And I love the Dark Knight Rises and the character of Bane. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm kind of militaristic, wearing fatigues. Uh, you know, kind of just a big, you know, hulking man. And uh, uh, he really protected that character for, for quite a while. Um, you know, it, he was the momentum shift and the heater and all that. And I really enjoyed working that. Plus, as I started to do more producing and working with talent and talent telling me, well, you know, I don't get a lot of direction from book. And I'm like, I didn't get a lot of direction from book. And yet I was able to turn that lack of direction into something and look at it as more like trust and uh, the ability to create within these confines and can you do that but Booker seemed to like the character um, the run would be short-lived because Gustavo would eventually have to uh, retire he would be forced to retire um, and there's a poignant scene with us right after he loses that match in the cage I think it's Christmas chaos um, where, you know, you finally see a crack in the armor, uh, Gustavo losing, but there's a point in scene where all of us are besides ourselves. And, you know, there's a scene that always kind of made the highlights of his time uh, when he was, uh, you know, set to leave the company. Uh, I'll always respect all the members of Team International, those members, and then Parvis. Um, and it was great working with them. Uh, and I have immense respect for each member. And, uh, you know, it's one of those special times, you know, again, rarely got to speak about it. But, um, you know, it's something we all got to share. We were the early foundation of that company. But even that stuff you'll never see it's you know it's part of that before you know they they get on television um which is kind of sad you know because we were a dominant force and we had some great content at that point you know justin came back and he was doing some great editing for it and we were breaking the feed and um whatnot so I had really fallen into good favor with Book because of my work as uh, under the mask. And also I was starting to help work with talent and produce talent and helping Kevin out kind of, you know, filming segments and, and producing segments because I knew it was kind of a, it's a tough job, man. There's a lot of content to film. And if you're like the sole director, it can be very problematic. And I wanted to help out as much as possible so, you know, and I wasn't on air, so it made it way easy because I didn't have to produce myself. The mass man wasn't doing a lot, you know, as far as being front and center. Uh, you know, the, the that group was going through a um, transition of trying to figure out who was going to be leader. And, you know, so a lot of that early, those early episodes of reality wrestling was that, you know, it's like Gustavo was leaving and uh, what's going to happen and... For a moment there, the idea was that the masked man was going to take take the reins of leadership. Um, and I remember just having conversations with Kevin and Justin about potentials, what we were going to do. And, like, it all sounded phenomenal. And, like, getting, you know, potentially to share the ring with Booker as this masked character. And, you know, he was big on the Mandarin and Iron Man 3. And I was like, oh, you know, started studying on, like, propaganda stuff and... But I think the day of, where it was like, oh, we're going to go in this direction where the mass man's going to lead. Um, 
that was not the case. They were like, oh, Raina's going to become the lead, and oh, we're going to give you guys Parviz, and y'all are going to have to kind of teach him the ropes. And um, he's energetic and enthusiastic, and you know, green, and but it was also a test for us as a group, and and I think you know we did we worked well with what we had. Um, shortly around that time too, we also get a national television deal, I think Soul of the South. And that's where things kind of take a turn. I'm in the midst of title runs, but I'm not actively on reality wrestling's television. I'm producing here and there. Um, we're going to do this national deal. And so book is letting talent know that they can only work for reality wrestling at that point because he doesn't want anyone to get hurt. I think some people have gotten hurt at different shows and, you know, it concerned book and, you know, so here I am at one time being on the opposite side of this and now being told, well, you have a choice. You can continue to work for us, so, you know, or you can do your own thing and maybe we use you or, you know, you can uh, fall in line and I fell in line. You know, I wanted to continue to be part of the company and I felt strongly about what they were doing. And, you know, again, I had a lot of friendships there, but I was also starting to produce more and I uh, really enjoyed that and coaching and whatnot. So um, it was a pretty easy decision for me as far as I wanted to take a break from performing. Uh, my body needed a little bit of a break and um, I've been you know, had a pretty steady run for a couple of years. So, you know, this was the time for me to take a little bit of break and, oh, you know, I can produce. And then book one and turn the mass man into a um, manager of sorts. Uh, and I actually thanked them and think in front of everybody for like, oh, you're not going to be bumping anymore. Now, here's the thing about all of that. Um... If you were in ring in matches, because they would use the run sheet as who got paid. Uh, if you were a manager, you may not be on that list, so you didn't get paid. Uh, if you took a bump here or there, they might compensate you some money, but you know, really, if, unless you were in ring actually performing, you weren't going to get. You know, if you're managerial, you, you're not getting it. Um, you know, we were always kind of told that they were struggling. And again, you believed in the product. So you wanted to do anything in your power. And I didn't really ever ask for money. You know, part of it was like, well, you know, IWE, I cut, I had other people come in and, you know, want to be part of passion projects. So they worked with me as far as pay went. And I looked at it as well. I mean, I guess I'm not performing if that really, you know, prevents someone else from being on the show or them paying them as well as they should. You know, I don't want to be the one. You know, I'm not really bumping at this point. And producing, I, you know, had fun with that. And getting to work with Booker and being in the office and being a producer, getting to work with Kevin, getting to work with Bruce Pritchard, like having all this wealth of knowledge around me and you know, Stevie Ray and a few others and getting compliments on our producing style. And, uh, you know, I felt like, well, the real payoff is the knowledge I'm gaining and uh, the confidence I'm gaining and being a producer. And who knows, well, you know, what could potentially become of that. I, I wasn't concerned about getting credit at that point. I just wanted to uh, do quality work. You know, and plus at that point, much like at even this point, you know, the idea of like, the ask is always hard. Asking, you know, figuring out what your value is is hard. And then asking for money can be difficult. And I think I always assumed that they would take care of me at some point. I didn't assume that I had to ask for, for money. I didn't, didn't you know, I, I didn't realize I was just going to be a straight volunteer. Um, but at that point, I was fine with it. When he was like, oh, you're going to be a manager? No problem. Whatever's going to benefit the company, you know, working with Justin again, having my friends there. And that covered me for a bit. You know, I, I in fact, started taking more of a lead producer role 
producing a lot of stuff, you know, in ring, out of the ring, promos, this, that, the other. And I started doing these promo classes or character development classes because uh, I knew as a producer I was going to be working with talent anyway. And it's hard to really coach if you have so much. Because here was the thing about another thing about the times of reality wrestling, um, as far as like filming content, we didn't always know what was going to happen the day of the shows. We didn't really know specifics until after maybe during the production meeting, we would know the lay, the layout of what they wanted. And that would probably be the first time where we would know for the most part what was going down. So doing any kind of pre-tape was difficult. Uh, days of shows. I mean, ideally that's what you want to do. You either want to do it the week of, especially if you have a facility where you can film or again, filming as you're going, you know, live. Uh, the show days were, f especially when we were running monthly, we were filming roughly 12, 13 matches so that you could put on roughly three or you know four weeks worth of footage. You, you would have four weeks worth of episodes uh, filmed. And then whatever promos you would have to film, you would interlace them. And sometimes you would do them the day of, like if you got a chance to do it before the show started, before doors, maybe. Um, that didn't always work out. Usually out of towners, we would get, you know, pre or post, um, you know, we'd film posts and a lot of times it's only like, you know, it'd be like, Oh, just let's get the out of towners. We'll get everyone else who, who's local or can make it to the school do that Monday. And so Monday following the show, so Saturday, you know, we're there for a bit, especially production people. And then Mondays we'd have like a marathon, 7.30 p.m. to sometimes midnight, sometimes 1, sometimes, you know, just 10. But you're filming all these segments. And there's not a lot of, sometimes you would get a lot of notes, but for the most part, it'd be like pre or post. So in those respects, working with talent, being like, this is your segment. How do you want it to come across? You know, um, kind of going with that. So it was a lot of time, time intensive, you know, brain power intensive, energy intensive. Um, I didn't have to only be concerned with one segment. I'd be concerned with all of them. Um, but I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the creative process. I enjoyed working with talent. That's why I wanted to do character development stuff. Um, and really help characters and talent find their voices. And I felt that's where my talent really lied was finding the best in people and, and getting it out of them in some way, shape or form. And so, you know, that was another case of me not asking for money, not agreeing on a fee, just wanting to help out. And for a long time, I enjoyed that part. Uh, I enjoyed doing those. And, um, you know, even if I wasn't always on shows, you know, if a, a segment went really well and Booker loved it, man, if he loved to finish that, that we kind of worked out or a, a promo or, you know, a new talent got to per, perform because, you know, someone was put in a word for him because we saw him do a promo during promo class. Like with the way I would do character development was it was mainly promos. You know, I probably in retrospect, I wish I had done more of a, uh, Q&A style, which I tried to do, but sometimes it would become this lecture, you know, because I was waiting for talent to step up and like, okay, you got a character, let's work on it. Uh, but, you know, I, I could lecture here and there and I really wish I'd changed up my coaching style at those points. But, um, you know, I felt it was important for them to kind of get a sense of where we were going with stuff. And then promos, you know, just critiquing them and Whatnot. I just wanted a, a day where they weren't really having to worry about bumping or putting their body through stress. They were putting their mind through stress by figuring out what their character was going to be. And, you know, I had ideas of where that was going, but I just never seemed to get it off the ground like I had hoped. But again, we, we you know, we, we did record stuff. It, it worked out well. And, you know, again, being a producer on stuff and for a while there it was it was all right. Um, 
Around the end of 2016, you know, we, we discovered that we're going to start being able to perform again. And I think at that point, I wanted to get out there again. I wanted to, you know, 2015, I had performed a few times. Um, and I really wanted to perform again. I wasn't doing it at Reality Wrestling. I really wasn't, you know, the mask guy a whole lot. And even that, it wasn't like it was going anywhere for me. And I felt like, well, performing will help keep my sanity, you know, because I'm doing a lot of this stuff. And while I, I can truly appreciate living vicariously through talent that you produce, I'm also cognizant of the fact that I wanted to perform. I was feeling better and I felt like that was, you know, I wasn't getting any younger. Uh, but I knew I wasn't really going to get an opportunity to perform as Steve DeMarco unless... You know, I created enough buzz, maybe, potentially. Um, so most of 2017, I performed uh, outside of reality wrestling. Still producing, still doing, um, still doing that kind of work, producing-wise. Um, I think by that point, Justin had been let go. And so there was that, and then we were finding a new camera crew to use uh, and working with other people to film the show. And by that point, Kevin was really hands-on with the editing and whatnot. Um, and I was still really enjoying it for the most part because I had I was able to perform. But I started to, I don't know, you know, really doubt a whole lot of things and kind of hit this dark little spiral and was really questioning if I wanted to be around anymore and not just, you know, I was having kind of some, some major issues that I had to tell Booker and Charmel and I had to tell uh, uh, Kevin about, you know, cause I wasn't quite feeling myself. And this was before we moved into the world gym arena. They're real gracious and um, we're always, like, if you need anything, let us know if you ever need to talk or this, that, the other. And, um, you know, I felt a level of support, you know, being able to share with them and them confiding in me. And, um, you know, as we moved into the new building, you know, I'm starting to think, okay, well, what, what's my place in things? And, you know, part of me started to wonder about getting paid. Um, Also around my birthday, 2017, and ran into an old friend of mine, and um, he kind of helped me shift my mindset from looking at problems to actually looking at, you know, coming up with solutions. And um, I started to look at my life and try to look at it from a solution point of view as opposed to a problem point of view, and I started to look at you know, how I wanted, uh, you know, to get paid for my work and to be more efficient at my, you know, the job that was paying my bills. And, you know, also I'd hear from young talent about how to figure out how, who, you know, who, who would get put on the show versus who wouldn't, you know, that was always kind of a point of contention with a lot of talent, not in a bad way, but, you know, in a, a way of like wanting to know and, we were still kind of in this thing of not telling people stuff and not really relaying things and things changing at the last moment, this, that, the other. And, you know, on top of that, the school itself really wasn't, I mean, book would do fantasy camps and kids camps and, uh, but the footprint of the school, as far as from, you know, for overall standpoint, um, just was not non-existent, but people didn't really know about it. It wasn't, the school wasn't really talked about as much. The promotion was, uh, oh, and that we're getting this new building and you know, the World Gym Arena, and uh, which seemingly was, you know, a lot of the talent, a lot of the people, staff, like had a part in tearing that place down and building it back up into what it would become. You know, a lot of people worked tireless hours to make that thing happen. Um, and more or less on, you know, a voluntary basis, you know, paying your dues, so to speak, not 
asking about you know you're getting compensated for it because the compensation that you're getting to work on this project um but as 2017 ended you know i was like well how can i be more valuable to the company you know again how do we let talent know what what's being looked for how can we quantify it we should be able to quantify it and ww is doing some behind the scenes stuff and i thought oh man you know we should really look into you know they're able to formulate when a person's ready and quantify things and why don't we do that why don't we do that with you know create a bigger footprint you know weisenbooker like doing stuff so that people are aware of the school and you know what what we offer uh, you know, I always felt like he's the figurehead. He should be front and center. And, you know, they should do something with that. And I approached Book and had kind of departments and, you know, how we could quantify things and how we could kind of revamp things. Again, I try to add value, but also in the back of my head going, well, if I'm placing this role, I'm not just a producer, but I'm kind of in this coaching role uh, more officially than, you know, I can be put on payroll, whole boy. Um, because the school will grow, and if that grows, then I could, you know, probably start seeing, you know, probably start getting paid, and I also, you know, was like, hey, man, maybe I could potentially be in the ring a little bit more. You know, I was feeling good, and, um, you know, GSL was about to form, and so, I don't know, you know, I was like, maybe Stu DeMarco could make an appearance in reality wrestling, you know, no longer under a mask. Um, so that early part of January, you know, like January, 2018, you know, I approached book and we had these really great conversations and he was starting to be a little more vocal about what he wanted from me as a producer. And that was paramount, but it would always be like, he, we would start these conversations that wouldn't go anywhere. And I just wanted it to be right. And I would be told I'd be getting notes and then I wouldn't get notes. Um, and then within a few weeks, um, I had started to do promo classes more often and was trying to schedule them. And then it was like, well, potentially you want to go in a different direction. And I probably should have seen the writing on the wall, but I also was, you know, having conversations with my friend Matt about all of this. And I was like, man, I really want to start getting paid. And if I'm not going to get paid, then do I really want to be a part of it? You know, I could go do this stuff elsewhere. And I was starting to pick up inquiries about actually doing consulting work or character development or seminars elsewhere and getting paid. And I didn't know what to tell people. You know, I wasn't accredited producer of reality wrestling. And then Kevin's like, we'll tell them that you are, you know, that's how we view you, you know, as a producer, agent, uh, coach. You know, so if they ask, we would definitely vouch for you. And so finally getting value placed on what I was doing. And it also made me, okay, I'm about to want to do more work for the school, which means more time here. But if I'm not getting compensated and, you know, I'm driving an hour <laughs> completely out of the way from, from where I live to, to go to this, to the venue or to the World Gym Arena and then having to drive almost two hours home every, you know, every time I was there and not getting compensated, it was, you know, it started to wear on me. Um, my last day with them, yeah, as, as time progressed, now, you know, Brad Gilmore is going to become more of a producer and he seems to know what Booker wants and we're supposed to have conversations that never really happen. Um, I got invited to the ladies nights, ladies night out show, which was going to be the first one uh, by the guy who runs title match. He had invited me and, you know, I did some agent work for it kind of out of, you know, like just wanted to help out and make that show, you know, do well. 
Um, I was real supportive of, of what, what they were trying to do with it. Um, and so I go to the show, I'm concussed. I had wrestled at TASW the night before and my opponent had basically rolled on my head and, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, kind of smushed my, my head. And so, um, my skull. And so I was dealing with a concussion, but I still ended up going to the show, uh, to help out. You know, I wasn't going to be part of it. I'm not on air or anything like that. So, you know, I get to watch and, you know, book seems pretty happy at first. And then right before showtime, he doesn't seem happy. I didn't think anything of it. You know, you usually get stressed right before the show. So um, I think I was helping two talents go over a spot and they couldn't quite get it. And so Book walked in while they weren't quite getting it. And so he was like, I'll take over. You go just watch the show. I was like, okay. Didn't think anything of it. Show ends. Say my goodbyes. You know, I'm in the parking lot, probably five, ten minutes talking to someone, a friend of mine, and uh, get a call. It's from Kevin's phone. Um, find out it's Booker T on the other on the other line, and basically had a sixty second conversation telling me that my conduct in the locker room locker room was unprofessional, and I'm no longer wanted or needed on the show as part of any of it. And I was. You know, shocked to say the least. I thought, you know, maybe my brain's a little still pretty scrambled. I uh, didn't really argue it. Didn't, you know, I he had to have known. I, you know, I basically just said goodbye to people maybe 10 minutes sooner. You know, yeah, I think he had to have known I was there. I would have been willing to talk to him, you know, face to face. But that was kind of the last time I was even in that building. And um, I wouldn't find out specifics or anything legitimately for probably two more years. Um, I'd hear second or third hand, but nothing, you know, nothing official. And even for people that had talked to Book, yeah, he wouldn't specify. Um, You know, when people would ask me, just would say it was you know, some form of you know, communication issue. And I try to keep it as politically correct as possible because I really wasn't sure what the exact reason was. I thought, well, maybe, you know, he had issues with me producing in a certain way. Maybe, uh, you know, he had problems with my coaching style. Um, you know, uh, there was a part of me that was like, well, maybe he assumed I was going to ask for money and this was his way out. You know, like, you know, I don't have to pay this guy. You know, he's he's going to start asking for stuff. Because uh, I hadn't been asking. But as, you know, I'm starting to get paid for stuff, I especially coaching stuff, I, you know, I knew that conversation was on the horizon. Especially after I had brought up, you know, ideas of how to improve the school or how to make it, you know, people take notice of it or whatnot. Um, I worked for reality wrestling probably from its inception to 2018. So, you know, almost five years completely. And I felt I did good work. I felt I was a great coach. Um, and you know, I felt that I helped help that company, you know, create its foundation. And I was a foundational piece. Um, and you know, on the one hand, it's a shame the way it ended. Um, I think there was a part of me with GSL that it, that thought if we created enough buzz that the potential of me coming to reality wrestling with GSL might have happened. Or at least, you know, potentially getting an invite extended to us. You know, I thought, oh, maybe by the summer of 2020, it'll, it'll take notice and want to utilize the group, even if it's a one shot. Um, I had some great times within reality wrestling and being a coach was 
a dream come true. It was something I felt like I was uh, had a talent for. And the fact that I was able to do it, the fact that I was able to work with so many talents that I had worked with elsewhere or that I got to know during my time with reality wrestling. Um, you know, if anyone's ever asked me, I've always put over that company for the most part. You know, there have been times where, if, you know, you ask me in the midst of being frustrated, you know, what my feelings are and might be less than a stellar review, but I'll always say <clears throat> I have immense respect for what they're doing and I wish them nothing but success because there's a lot of people that work there that, that I want to see succeed. Um, I learned a lot through working with Booker and working with Bruce Pritchard, working with Kevin, working with Justin, working with the talent. Um, I gained a wealth of knowledge about how to run shows and, you know, to really kind of deep dive into what it takes to run a, run a successful show and kind of the pitfalls of trying to run a promotion and regardless of who you are. Um, I still look fondly at, at some of that stuff. I'm trying to work through it and be fond of a lot of it. I have a lot of love and respect for a lot of people within within reality wrestling. And um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. You never know what would happen, but um, it was definitely a highlight of my career and um, a feather in my cap getting to say I got to work alongside a lot of those people and um, yeah. Um, I have some ideas for the next recording. Um, I do have, uh, my 15 year, um, anniversary of being with YouTube coming up. I also have my anniversary coming up in April. Um, I've got some other, you know, talk about the first time that, that I, uh, you know, actually met Book in my first stint with Booker T and PWA. Talk about a lot of that. That's, that's an interesting time in my life. Um, and there's other stuff, I mean, uncut, I could talk about my time at PCW, time in NWA Southwest, you know, certain, certain highlights and whatnot, but, uh, you know, I really wanted to I'd never really publicly spoken about a lot of this. And there's some stuff that I still don't, you know, unless I'm probably in a forum where it's like I get questions asked. I, there are times where I don't really know how to approach talking about this stuff because you just don't. I don't want to come across as bitter for sure. I don't want to come across as like anything other than, you know, slightly appreciative, <laughs> you know, at, le at the very least. And um thankful for the opportunity that I got. So, um, really, I mean, this whole episode was like kind of flowers to reality wrestling and the people that within it from the staff to, you know, Booker Charmel to, to everyone, you know, that took part in a reality wrestling show. And, um, we'll see what next week or the next session brings, but, um, until next time, I hope to see y'all down the road.